the feedback on that is is bad because your weight does go up and down by a couple of pounds throughout the day depending mm-hmm. on how much you've drank and other things that you've done. Um, <laughs> like what? Like take a big dump. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 240 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I got a mouthful of cough drops. I'm Adam and as far as you know, I don't even exist. I'm Sam and I'm wearing a coat. This is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today's Janubly Doobly Twendy Blandy. It's a good date. Before we get started, we have a warning, there's going to be swears on this show, so you know. Just... Like Janubly. <laughs> Just... Like, sounds profane in some language. It's a new one. We're, we're test... Uh, Test marketing it, mm-hmm. whatever you call it. Janubly doobly. It's going okay. <laughs> it's not nearly as insulting as we thought it was yeah. going to be. I like the idea of having focus groups for new profanity. <laughs> just be like, be like, how, how does, does this feel? Yeah, how does this, it make you feel when uh-huh. I say this? When I use it in this context, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Does it hurt your feelings a little bit? <laughs> a little <laughs> bit, a lot, or not at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we'd also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscash.net who give us money sometimes and then uh, we... Use it on stuff. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Let's talk about life. For starters, first episode of the new year, 20 Blendy. Welcome to 20 Blendy. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in Illinois, it's 20 Blendy. Illinois legalized uh, marijuana. I think didn't didn't Missouri legalize medical marijuana? Yes. That doesn't count. I thought that was this year. That's a college this year. I mean, the, Missouri has to because St. Louis literally sits on the border. Yeah. So now you just got just weed just flowing. So I guess the, the, rule the, is, the rule is if you get caught with weed, then you start coughing. And they're like, oh, well, he's sick. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. So but I thought it was very funny. The timing of the whole thing I thought was fantastic because it's like the biggest party of the year, which is New Year's. Mm-hmm. And at 1201, a lot of the dispensaries opened up because, of course, mm-hmm. they're basically, I mean, it's like a booze shop. So, I mean. Everyone's just showing up. I saw some one of the most chill New Year's parties. Yeah, I saw some videos online of how long the lines are, and they're insane. (laughs) I saw the whole thing's music, and you said the governor of Illinois pardoned like eleven thousand people or something. Good. Yeah, move on with our lives. Agreed. We we need to be done with this whole this whole thing. Collect the tax revenue and let's move on. Yeah, fund schools or whatever. Yeah, fund something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I always think it's really interesting how no matter what it is. Everybody seems to think that if you make it illegal, then it just goes away, which of mm-hmm. course has literally nah. never, ever been true about anything. Yep. I don't know why it would uh, people would think it would happen with this, but at least, you know, people are wising mm-hmm. up. So that's good. Now, this is Twendy Blendy. It's the time year. to mix it up. This is the year of mixing it's, it up. It's Twendy Blendy, not Twenty Blunty. Right. <laughs> well, that's here in Illinois. <laughs> that's here in Illinois. <laughs> so, Twendy Blendy, mix it up. Now, New Year's resolutions are often about mixing it up. It's they about are. doing something new, inject some chaos into your life, mm-hmm. get bendy, yeah, do the splits. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So let's talk about New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. What about them? How to do them, I think, is the biggest question. Because I'm sure some of our listeners, you know, we talk about productivity stuff on this podcast quite a bit, yep. about process improvement. Um, you know, I feel like they're the sort of people – who are going to at least have something that they're trying to do now. A lot of them, yeah. A lot of them. And the interesting thing about a New Year's resolution is that it's the it's the charge of the new year, the specialness of the new year that makes you sort of overcome the usual hurdles of just every day because you could make these changes whenever you want. But they're extra <laughs> yeah. special when they're attached to some festival event. And so I'm assuming that a large portion of people have something they're trying to do. So the question is how do you, how do, you do it and instead also, of not doing it? By the time you listen to this podcast, you're, you just finished week one. So yeah, you've so already fallen off. Well, hopefully I think yeah. you got one week left until yeah. you fall off. Usually these things last a couple of weeks. Yeah, like exactly two weeks. So, so how can you take a habit you're trying to do and get past two weeks? And get past, yeah, just a couple of weeks so it starts becoming a real thing. All right, so let's think about some of the common blunders. Mm-hmm. The common blunders. I think one of them is is sort of loosely identifying your target, often in relative terms. People might say like, I want to eat better. Right. Yeah. Right. That which means is jack shit. Which, <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause A, like you could, if, if you just like first day of the year eat nothing but carrots and, and celery and maybe, maybe a salad, you know, then you have done this. Well, yeah. unless you keep doing exactly that and then you die from malnutrition. Right. Yeah. So, 
So you ate better for a minute. Yeah. But if you keep eating too good, then you die from that. Exactly. So yeah, careful. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. So it's, it's kind of a foggy thing because you don't, you don't really have a clear target. And also it's relative to what you used to be doing. Mm-hmm. So you want to, you want to try to identify it in absolute terms. Concrete absolute terms. Yeah. So instead of like, I want to exercise more, you say, I'm going to compete in a half marathon in June mm-hmm. this year for the first time ever. Not even that. You can just say, I'm going to exercise three days a week by doing this kind of exercise. At this place. At this place. At, at this, this time. time. Yeah. That's a, that's a freaking. Honestly, I think, that, I think that, that is a resolution. Saying like, I'm going to run a marathon, not a fucking resolution. I think Unless really- that includes, and here is what I'm going to do. From now until then, to be able to run. Well, yeah, that, that was what I was gonna say. Okay, that's what I was. That's where I was going <laughs> right. with it. Which mm-hmm. is like, because also, also, I think having a having some kind of cumulative target at the end is also really nice. It's fun because the, a lot of the times, if if your uh, thing you're trying to change about your life is literally just a constant slog with no specific endpoint, then it's really hard to keep at it, mm-hmm. right? So I think but if al- you do the, hmm? alternatively, mm-hmm. you need to learn to love the slog. You do, true. but yeah. you will, you will get there, but you just need, you just need a light at the end of the tunnel. So like mm-hmm. by the time you get there, you're like, that, that was cool. I'm going to yeah. keep going. I'm going to keep doing the question though. Is a marathon really a light at the end of this tunnel or is that like the spike trap <laughs> at the end of the tunnel? <laughs> Depends on your goals. It's you a framing. It's a framing thing. Uh, well, the important note there though is that, is that the things that everybody shares in common are the goals. Mm-hmm. The things that separate people who are able to achieve the goals it's not the goal. It's usually the the approach and the system that they're using to get there. So that's where, that's when we talk about the specificity of saying, you know, these three days of the week, I'm going to do this, and at this time, at this place, whatever else. Mm-hmm. So get very specific because as soon as you get, I think it's it's basically that your motivation is is almost equivalent in strength to the clarity with which you have about the thing. Because as say as the weeks roll on, if you're not quite sure about this stuff, yeah, it's easy to fall that, off that cloud of vagary. Actually, I would I would push back on the question of motivation entirely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. Which is if you have to if you have to be motivated to achieve Hard. your goal, then you've already lost. Yeah. You need systems. Yeah, because motivation comes and goes, and it's very strong in the first day, maybe three. After that, once the pain sets in and the boringness of like running mm-hmm. or continuously Just doing the same thing, eating healthy food, flossing. all that stuff, flossing, it is not very exciting. So right? let's talk about. Structural changes. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you make it so that you don't have to constantly fight the fact that you actually don't want to do any of these things in the mm-hmm. moment, even though you want to do them in the long term? Yeah. I think the first thing to me is, is focusing on thinking of it as a habit. This is why this is why I'm pushing it back against the idea of having an endpoint, because to me, it's mm-hmm. all about trying to develop a thing as a habit. So, so I've always struggled to exercise because I hate it. Just hate it. Every time I'm about to, I'm always like, I'm just so out of shape. I need to get healthier. Like, mm-hmm. I need to get more in shape. That's that's always been my strategy previously. Or I want some big arm muscles or whatever. Like, right. It was some sort of some sort of goal like that that isn't a real goal. Actually, that's not true. It is a goal, but goals aren't the important thing. Right. The important thing is the is the habit that leads to that outcome. It wasn't until I stopped giving a shit about muscles, which was a few years ago, where I just like stopped caring about that aspect that all of a sudden I had the freedom to focus on the habit where mm-hmm. I was like, cause really what I want is just to be able to walk upstairs and not feel winded. That's really what it is. Yep. You know, sounds like a goal, Adam, which Sounds is like a, a dangerous, which is a different kind of a, it's a different kind of a goal. Right. But it's, it's less about, I, so I had a reason, but the reason wasn't, it, it, it wasn't specifically cause I, like I literally want to walk upstairs and not get winded. Right. It was the understanding that I'm just in bad cardiovascular health. Yeah. Right. And so and you do now have some kind of a benchmark to figure out how, right. how bad it but is. But even then, my goal isn't to have good cardiovascular health. My goal is to, is to develop a, a set of behaviors that lead to ever-improving cardiovascular health. So that, the, that, was, my, so that was my intent. Yeah, I think the, the, the angst about goals, I think, is something people have in common. But I think the, the reality is that you, you can – the goal is usually to me the starting point because it's easier to think about. Sure, it's yeah. exciting. Like saying like I want huge biceps. Yeah, but then if that's all, is that's the if that's the farthest you go, yeah. then you're done. Like it just doesn't do anything. So what you have to do is if you have a goal, uh, even for like saving money, you're like I want to save a thousand dollars or something. Great, excellent goal, and then you have to back it up and say what what has to happen for someone to save a thousand. What change do I have to make? Yes, uh, constantly. Yeah, yeah. So that that's sort of where that's the purpose of the goal is to is to is to direct is to back your system. Yeah, back compute the habits system. of the system. Yeah. So and then for me, like it wasn't until. 
I had an external system for exercise, which is I'm going to the Orange Theory classes, mm-hmm. um, which I've now been doing. That's tw- the one where they charge you extra if you don't show yes. up. Yeah. yeah, which is so fucking. And good. you got to sign up for court- the classes ahead of time, so you have to like you have to plan everything. I have to know when you're mm-hmm. coming. Uh, it's of course booked solid all the time. It's an hour long session, and so you have to like, and everybody wants to go before work. So, yep. so there's like a five a, there's like a five a.m. and a six fifteen slot, you know, and then like at any time after that, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it to work on time. And so like now I gotta get up early to do. It. There's a, there's a whole mm-hmm. thing now, right? And uh, but it all comes down to there's now this external thing where it's scheduled. It's just twice a week. That's just the thing that I'm doing because it's on the schedule. And if I don't go, I basically get in trouble, right? Yep. And as we talked about before. In the way that only an adult can, which is you get financial pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as we talked about before, the really nice thing about programs like that is mm-hmm. all you have to do is get there. Yeah. Because someone's yelling at you the whole time. So you're going to yeah. do whatever someone tells you to do in that context. And also for anybody interested in Orange Theory, they don't actually yell at you. No, they're very, they're very cheerful. About yeah, it. they're very cheerful about it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So then when you, it, you want to do them proud. I had a very good time while I was there, except yeah. for I hurt my back. But. Yeah. So this is, I think, the, the key point is to think about structural systemic ways that you can reinforce the thing you're trying to do as opposed to c- constantly battling your environment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, your environment actually, and this is an important note, is it, it's really the habits and your failure of habits in the past is not about you. It's about it's your systems. Not. It's, it's usually about what's around you. About what's around you. And so if you if you always have a big pile of cake in your fridge, you will gain the weight. Not even Hercules could. If the cake yeah. isn't in there, you're not gonna mm-hmm. eat it. That's just uh, yep. So when you go to the grocery store, go there already full. Mm-hmm. That's a good that's a pro tip. And don't even walk by the goddamn no, cake I, section. My wife and I only walk around the outside now. Yeah, that's the trick. We only we walk never, around the outer side. Yeah, never go into the aisles. The moment yeah. you go into an aisle, you're done. You're done. Candy. Yep. That's where it's at. So it's, it's a structural thing. It's what we talk about when we say a structural or environment thing. And a lot of it is tied to vision. What do you see? What are you, what are you looking That's at? why I got to get LASIK this year because it's 2020. See, it's 2020. You can see, see or don't wear your glasses at all and don't get LASIK and then you're not going to see anything. Boom. Nothing you triggers not your habits. participating in society. <laughs> so <laughs> what this allows you to do then is you can actually make a bunch of really small changes that seem dumb or too small to matter, but that can stack up in really big ways. So for example, um, I've actually been, been flossing twice a day for – the last four or five days, right? And of course, like we're fresh off the New Year, so who knows if it's going to last, but it's way more than I've ever done before. And the trick was, I thought about it, because I, like, I always wanted to floss, and you know, it's important for your And the dentist life. keeps being like, why they keep being you? like, They keep being like, hey, I stabbed you in the mouth with this metal rod, and you bled. And apparently I'm not supposed to bleed when they do that. So Yeah, I still don't quite. I'm very dubious <laughs> about what that is, but I'm, you know, whatever. But yeah. So all I did, I talked to my wife and I was like, we usually just keep the floss in sort of our pile of like all the lotion and whatever other stuff. And I was like, can we just put that next to the toothpaste, which is, or the, sorry, the toothbrushes, which are on the right side. So it's, it's no longer in a pile. It's part of the toothbrushing station, basically. She was like, yeah. So we did. And every time I brush my teeth, I'm reminded to floss. And then I yeah. just do it. It's just part and of put, the sequence. It's and, about, well, it's, it's coupling systems. It is. And so to work on my like stretching I moved the yoga mat, which was in a different room entirely. I just moved it right next to the bed. So when I get up in the morning, I'm just already standing on the yoga mat. This is DevOps. Make the work visible. Exactly. So 100% it is. <laughs> Honestly, resolutions and DevOps are like the same. It's the same thing. It's all the same rules. You so, develop systems and you make your work visible and you need good feedback yeah. too. Yeah. And so if yeah. there's something you're trying to do, just take a second to ask yourself, what are all the ways in which I can make it more visible to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And then how do I keep that and easier going? Yeah. So for me, this other one has been, I, I have a stand-up desk at home, but I've been wanting to actually be standing more when I'm at home at my desk. And so I started doing this thing called a room reset, which I got from uh, the book Atomic Habits, which actually someone from our uh, Discord mentioned. Yeah. And the idea of a room reset is when you leave the room, then you put it back into whatever state it was to actually sort of make you more likely to do these things, right? So in my case, usually by the end of a work session, I'll be sitting down because I've been there for two hours and will stand for two hours straight. But when I leave the room now, I just put the desk back up. So now when I come back in, I'm guaranteed to be standing. So this could probably be anything, right? Like like when you if you leave the kitchen and you leave a bunch of dishes in the sink, mm-hmm. the next time you come in the kitchen, I don't want to cook. The thing you want to do the most there. is get the fuck out of there because yep. there's yeah. a job you have to yeah. do, right? But if instead the next time you come in there and everything's clean and ready to go and the counters are have space yep. and you're like mm-hmm. I think I'm going to cook. Yeah. Because you've got the option now mm-hmm. and you don't have anything yeah. else going on. Or let's say you use your your workstation, like your your computer, both for work and for pleasure, right? So like mm-hmm. you do your work stuff, whatever, and then you finish it up and you're like, okay, cool. And I'm going to go get on Facebook, do all mm-hmm. my other stuff. And then you just leave all those tabs open. Yeah. 
close all those fucking tabs. Yeah, get them so out of simple, there. such a simple. So I like to couple things together so that because I also have a terrible memory. Like things don't really. I don't have a lot of triggered habits for me where mm-hmm. I like. I suddenly realize, oh, I need to do this thing or whatever. So I have to. I use visual cues like you're talking about with like put the floss right there. Right. You know that. So I use a lot of visual cues for things I'm already looking at. Right. I hate the feeling of my mouth feeling gross, so I'm always going to brush my teeth. That's mm-hmm. never not going to happen. So if I put things by the sink, then I can make those things there, actually work. There they are. And uh, with things like brushing out or my cat, which is just like an annoying thing to have to do. Like she's fine about it. It's not a, it's not a big deal, but it takes like 10 minutes and she's all squirrely and like running around. Right? So <laughs> it takes it takes effort. And then you get covered in hair and it's a whole thing, right? And so I almost never did it until I started coupling it to when I get back from Orange Theory. Oh. And it just became because then, like, I would get back because you're shoot. already about to go get cleaned. I'm up about anyways. to get cleaned up anyway. Like, and you're I just wearing got clothes back. that you're about to throw in the laundry. Exactly. So, this so is... it's like a perfect timing. And I just realized that when I was like, oh, I could do this. And then because I started doing that, then I just when I get back home from work there, and I'm like, and the new cat comes, like our cat comes and says, "Hello, I'm like, new cat." And you're like, "Great, yeah. now, now, you're yeah, now it's time to do because because then she actually is the visual trigger because she always comes to the door." Uh-huh. And also, if you have to chase her around, it's like no problem. I've just extended my workout. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and actually, because I sit on the floor to do it, so I'm actually resting from my workout. So the so the in that Atomic Habits book, they use this concept called habit stacking, which is literally that, which you say, okay, so here's these additional habits that I want. Yeah. Brushing out this cat. And then you actually take take stock of your whole day and try to ask the question, like, where could I put this to tap it onto the end of a currently existing mm-hmm. habit? And then what environment structures can I put in place to make it so that that whole thing just yeah. blows? Because right? the other piece of that, too, is then when I finish brushing out the cat, I go vacuum the rug. Yep. Okay. So you got a whole like, stack. Yeah. Because now, now it's covered in cat hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, it already was because there was a cat that lives in the house. But, you know, now it's covered in more cat hair. Perfect time to go back. And I, I have found it is true that if you, if you, for example, get up and then you put on like your normal like work clothes for the day or something, you're dramatically less likely to then go do yard work. Yes. Because yeah. now you're wearing clothes oh, yeah. that you don't want to sweat in or whatever. You got to dress for the day you want. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. the day you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so you can use all these techniques to kind of get get a bit more headway into those those fantastic goals. I think mm-hmm. those resolutions because yeah. you gotta why, why are you not you gotta do them. Yeah, yeah. focus. Yeah. yeah, focus on the structures. Like your your goal. You're sitting now, you shouldn't say, "Oh, I'm gonna like, my goal is to have this." Like no, that's good, a, as, as yeah. Sam said, find place to start. Yep, back it up. Work backwards mm-hmm. and say what would have to happen. And then not just that. If you if you're gonna decide, okay, I'm gonna start working out now. Even if you, even if you say I'm gonna work out three days a week, that itself that's not sufficient. That is not a system. Mm-hmm. That is still what now a goal. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Yeah. Where How are you going to make that happen mm-hmm. consistently? Because you know, because your enemy when it comes to habits is habit formation. Yep. So everything about it should be focused on the habit formation part. And that is the thing that you should be challenging yourself with is how do I make this happen? Not uh, how do I exercise? It's how do I build a system that makes it as easy as possible for me to reliably exercise? So I was listening to uh, Hidden Brain. And they actually had a, a recent episode about this. They had a great analogy, which was about um, expert chefs will pre-prepare all kinds of things, mm. uh, and they will have them sitting out in the right quantities, you know, ready to go, so that when it's when it's time to put that thing in there, they aren't in the middle of doing some other thing. And actually, the the sequence of things uh, on the table is an, is a visual indicator of is what that, they need to do. Is that mise en place? Is that mise en place? Yeah. Mise en place? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that, yeah. is that the process? I think it just right, means right. like things in their place There's or something. Things in their, yep. Yeah. So it's, so it's, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. It has like a specific French yeah. name. Yeah. Whatever. I think it's mise en place. Mise en place. So yeah, it's the idea of, of you pre-make all of your decisions mm-hmm. and you set everything up in advance so that when you're in the middle of actually performing the thing, you have no decisions to make and everything mm-hmm. happens very naturally and automatically and you can't really screw it up and you don't have any resistance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you just got to do that, but with other stuff too. Yeah. And I think patience is a big part of this too. So I think my favorite new metaphor I've ever, I've gotten, I think probably in the last like six months or so, is actually from this Atomic Habits book where he talks about the shift in your habits and the shift in your work. Uh, you know, your your indicators for these things, like getting getting the biceps or like having a clean rug or whatever else, uh, they're always lagging indicators of how good you're doing with your habits, right? They don't typically show up immediately. And that's why they're hard to manage. So- they're patience the, they're the outcome of a long standing habit. Yes. And so yeah. patience is is a big big piece of this and not being too hard on yourself. But um but the the metaphor that he gave that I thought was fantastic was if you have an ice cube in a room that's twenty three degrees and you move the temperature up by one degree. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh if you move the temperature up by one degree, literally nothing happens. Nothing appears to happen. And then you keep on going and going and going and going. And like again, it it appears that nothing is happening despite the fact that you're raising the temperature. And then at some point you hit this sort of tipping zone where you finally are able to see the results of some of your work, right? And but even then, 
Once you pretty flip, slow. Yeah, once you flip into that like 32, it's like, okay, well. You can see it melting, I mean, but fuck, it's, it's real slow. It's getting, yeah. yeah, it's starting to, but it's really not until you keep going that it really starts to Yeah, go. and so, but the interesting point there, I think, is that uh, is the flip of the framing where if you're doing a habit for a long time and you're not necessarily seeing the results, one, that's what you should actually expect, but two, um, think about it like you're storing, you're storing the power for the result, right? Um, as you work on your habit every single day, you're not, it's not about getting it immediately. It's about storing and sort of packing away that change. And then at some point it'll show up, but you have to just, yeah. Well, store I think there's, a, there's another aspect to this too, which is, and the reason, the reason to think about this in terms of habits and just being very diligent about it is, is I, I think diet is a really good example because people always do new year's resolutions mm-hmm. about diet and about diet and exercise. There's the, diet and exercise. Yeah. It's always diet and exercise. The question is like, why is diet so hard? Uh, because it's it's simple math. It's like calories. Mm-hmm. How many calories are you using and how many are you mm-hmm. consuming? And if you want to lose, I think it's like if you want to lose a pound a week, then you need a 500 calorie deficit, right? So for starters, the, the feedback on that is is bad because your weight does go up and down by a couple of pounds throughout the day, depending mm-hmm. on how much you've drank and other things that you've done. Um, <laughs> like what? Like take a big dump. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so part of it, part of it is like, is, is establishing a routine around, uh, tracking the weight, you know, which is like, you, always, you should always do it at the same time of the day while wearing the same thing so that you're not like changing your clothes and then weighing right. yourself. So there's all those kinds of extra things to consider. But for me, the real, the real big one is just how easy it is to undo the progress. Cause yes. you, well, you don't think about it, it's like, let's say you go like 500 calorie deficit today, tomorrow and Saturday or whatever. So you've got like three days and you're like, I've done so well. I'm going to have a cheat meal. So you have a cheat day and that day you have a thousand calorie surplus. Mm-hmm. Well, now not only did you not have a deficit that day, you actually undid two other days. Yeah. Yeah. So now out of four days, you've actually only made one day of progress toward your goal, even though it's been four well, I days. Think this is a, the, I think the, the broader point of this is that your your habits should not be so life altering that they make you feel like you need a cheat mechanism. Yeah, it right? should be sustainable. Yeah. Right. It needs to be sustainable because remember, and you should sustain it. Yeah, like most of us making decisions, like we can do this over the long term. Like if I want to be healthier, I can be like I want to be healthier until I die. Yeah, like I want to try to keep getting healthier until I don't need to be peak maximum healthiness in a month. Right? I can just because what are you going to do with that? Yeah, I can just slowly do better. So when it comes like to orange theory, instead of, I could have signed up for unlimited classes and been like, I'm going to go every day. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, that is not going to happen. And I'm going to burn out and then never yep. do it again. And so I was like, I'm going to sign up for two days a week because that's enough that I feel like I'm doing real work, but not so much that it feels like it's interfering and with it's certainly higher than zero. And it's way higher than zero because <laughs> it's also high intensity workout. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and because I started at that nice, like lower threshold, then the impact on my normal life was like, fairly negligible. Mm-hmm. And so I got all these, all the good sides coming out. I know like when we were on our, when my wife and I were on our trip over Thanksgiving, we were like climbing up this big gorge thing. And I got, and both of us were just like, wow, our quads are really fucking strong. <laughs> like, like it just, all those squats from squat theory. Yeah. All those squats. Yeah. Squat theory. <laughs> yeah, we call it squat theory. Cause it's just fucking, it is just awesome. like, <laughs> if you want to do cardio, you just use your legs. You just yeah. use your legs. They're just big giant meat sacks yeah. on the bottom of your torso. Yeah. They, they need a lot of blood. But it's the same thing with dieting. Like if, if you're like, okay, I need to lose weight. I'm going to not eat carbs anymore. You're going to crave carbs the whole fucking time. You're going to yeah. be miserable. Just take it's out just one thing suck. you eat that's carbs. Just eat don't less. Don't even do that. Just eat less. Just yeah. eat less. Yeah. So, so even have you can the do bread. tricks. Just don't eat a yeah. fuckload of you can do, <laughs> right. and you can, But you can do so many little tricks, like Sam was mentioning. Like, you can be dumb stuff, right? Like getting smaller plates. Exactly. Use a smaller plate. Use a Weird. smaller fork. Yeah. Use a smaller everything. When you're Don't go for seconds, mm-hmm. right? And chew slowly. Like there's just stupid mm-hmm. stuff. If but you when do we all talk about things, going for seconds, a better structural way to do that is you proportion your plate out and then package the rest of your food up and put it away before you even eat. Yeah. Yeah. You now right. you can't exactly. go back for seconds. System. Yeah. Exactly. Without yep. a few because the system, system is there. Yeah. So um, I think the, the other part of that too, based on stuff to what you were saying, is that the truth is that the losses that you accrue during these habit formations are any day loss is actually a way heavier loss than any day gain. Yeah. So. Yep. When you fuck because, it up. Because it's not only did you not gain that day, yes, you also you lost. Yeah. And so so it swings much yeah, further. It's a lot easier just to make a minor change that you sustain and don't cheat on. Yes. Because then you can you can literally do that the whole time. Like you don't never need to have a day like, oh, I've just been missing carbs so much. Mm-hmm. If you just remove the whole concept of binge eating out of your life. Because like mm-hmm. the fact is nobody needs that. 
You don't need to, if you're, if you're craving binge eating, there might be something else Mm -hmm. going on that needs to get resolved in some other way. Um, because that's just not a thing. Like nobody feels good when you've eaten too much. Mm -hmm. That's just not a thing that happens. Um, so you can cut that out. You can cut binge eating just out of your life. That is actually literally a thing you can just do. But again, it requires, it requires understanding all the systems and the structures and the visual cues and stuff like that. Because it is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of emotional disentanglement as well. Yep. Of of learning how to just reframe things and think differently mm-hmm. about your experiences. So anyway, I hope that helps everybody. There, I don't know. There's a lot of random tidbits of thoughts about New Year's, yeah. New Year's resolutions. Get them done. Get them done. Make your work on, visible. Make your work visible. Focus on your processes mm-hmm. and keep it sustainable. Yeah. Yep. And make your goals concrete. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to talk about Xbox Game Pass. Let's talk about it. Levelhead's coming to Xbox Game Pass. Fact. And recently, Discord partnered with Microsoft to give like three months yeah. of Game Pass yeah, to, Nitro subscribers. to Nitro subscribers for free. And so, uh, Sam, you jumped on that. Mm-hmm. I jumped on it. I haven't used mine yet, but I've got it waiting. Yeah. So, Sam, you got on it first. Yeah. Uh, t- tell me about your experience. Well, I booted it up because I'm on Windows, right? So, I'm, it's actually on my PC. There's a, a desktop Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the funny thing is I've never opened the – it's actually an Xbox app on your PC. Oh, yeah. I forgot computer. there's a little yeah. widget on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never actually opened that. Yeah, so it's my first time to look at – I usually just use Steam for everything. And I opened it up and I was looking around and I was like, well, shit. Because there's a <laughs> lot of good stuff in there. Uh, wizard of Legend, which I've always wanted to play. It's basically the game makes you feel like an anime wizard. And then there's like in terms of like just how cool your moves are and stuff. And then Slay Forza, the, Slay the Spire, Astroneer, Astroneer. Yeah, so I, I first so many games up. that I've already bought. Well, that was the weird thing because I for I quite a bit. Of money. <laughs> yeah, I opened it up and I was like, oh, I get it. I, yeah. yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's a phenomenal thing, um, and I've been enjoying my time with it so far. But yeah, yeah, you got so you were too. raving about it, mm-hmm. so then I so I jumped into it. Um, and yeah, sure enough, I started looking through lists and I was like, man, Sea of Thieves. Like there's there's yeah. stuff in here that I've been I've been really wanting to to check out, even just a little bit. Because like there's a lot of games that I just would like the experience to just kind of like jump into for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um and I know maybe it's not my kind of game or not something that I might normally get into, but I'd at least like to, you know, try it. But if it's 60 bucks, then I just I just won't. Yeah. Right. Um and so yeah, so I a long time ago I played Gran Turismo three on the PlayStation Two. It's a racing game. This was like two thousand two, probably something like that. And uh I absolutely loved that game. I'm not a car guy. I don't really care about wheels (laughs) But in Gran Turismo you sure is fun too. Yeah, but Gran Turismo was a lot of fun, uh, and and a, a big part of the fun was like upgrading your car and like swapping out parts and, mm-hmm. and fine tuning different aspects of like your suspension and trying to figure out how to how to make your car drive better on different tracks and stuff. Is this one that has realistic crash physics, or was that this one? I think the cars were invincible. Okay, yeah, because mm-hmm. I remember I, I had one car that there was a glitch where where this. Do you remember this? Oh yeah, this is one car you could get <laughs> that had a had some kind of problem with the aerodynamics of its spoiler. The spoilers yeah. like the wing on yeah, the back, yeah. and and uh, a big part of the the problem with the cars accelerating when they had like a really big engine was traction. Yeah, right. So you could adjust the angle of this one of the spoiler on this car so that it somehow caught the wind to give you like an infinite amount of of traction. Yeah, didn't with it, the road didn't it pitch your car? Up? Yeah, and so so first you would just like. You, I think it was like once you hit like 120 miles per hour, all of a sudden you would shoot up to like 600 miles per hour, <laughs> and then the car would uh, would flip upright. So it was, <laughs> it was like it was it was completely vertical, and then it would uh, you couldn't turn, of course, because your front <laughs> wheels are not on the ground. Uh-huh. So funny. And so the way I would so then, and then at that point you're going 800 to 900 miles per hour. <laughs> and so then I would win races by literally just like going vertical in this car and then just smacking against the walls and just kind of like sliding around the walls <laughs> of the truck. So, Amazing. great game. Great game. <laughs> yeah. And so I picked up a Forza Horizon 4 yeah. uh, on the Xbox. Started playing that, and it's a similar kind of a game. I don't think it has any of those horrible glitches, which is unfortunate because it's great. Yeah. Um, you can patch those out now is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and so I, I, I started playing that game, and I was having a great time with it. I was like, man. This is awesome. I never would have. I never would have picked this up. Otherwise. I think. It, and for those of our listeners who are designers or interested in in games uh, from a design standpoint, part of the problem I've had is that being a designer and wanting to get a large sample of games 
it's actually hard to do, right? Because you got to pay, pay for them. <laughs> and so I found that's where I've been finding actually a lot of value in it because I, I played um, Book of Demons, which is a game I've wanted to play for a long time. It's like a little paper craft uh, Diablo sort of a oh, game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was weird and fun, and I ended up playing it for like seven hours. I did <laughs> nice. not expect that to happen. Um, yeah, so it's all the stuff that you want to just get a taste of. Yeah, I want to not gonna Exactly. Yeah. I want to see what it's right. about. And so even like Wizard of Legend, I really enjoyed it. It crashed a bunch, so I couldn't actually keep on playing it. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what that's about. But uh, it's the sort of game I've been wanting to go feel out how its systems work and stuff. And so that's actually, for me as a designer, what I'm most excited about it, um, even more so than actually being a customer. Uh, and then and then on the other side of it, the the access to AAA games because I knew the re- main reason I got it was because Ori in the Blind Forest or Ori's sequel is coming to it. Oh yeah, on day yeah. one, and like yeah. that game looks so it's pretty game. that I need to play it. Like I have to. It's yeah. just required. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just going to be it's illegal not to play. Yeah, is it, is it a full on sequel or is it? Uh, yeah, it's a full on okay. sequel. Yeah. Not to get that whole new thing. Um, yeah, I mean, in the past we've talked about these subscription services and about our Will inherent work? skepticism. Yeah. I think, but. Seeing it done really well like this, mm-hmm. like in the Xbox Game Pass, I think it, it demonstrates w- what the value is, which yeah. is that like the games market is incredibly saturated. And as a player, you want to be able to try things and, and get new experiences and find the things you want. But now there are so many of them that you can't. Mm-hmm. You, can't you can't get a taste of all of them uh, like you used to be able to. So it's a nice, it's a nice way to, to get that. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so otherwise, uh, studio news, it's the first of the year. So... We're a second of the year. This is our it's, first day back. It's our first day back. Uh, so we had a lot of planning stuff. We've got our roadmap figured out for like the final slate of features for Levelhead. Uh, gonna not announce them, but we'll just keep we'll just keep <laughs> unveiling them and, and releasing them. Yep. Yeah. Um, we got lots we're of, very quickly getting into territory where it's basically just getting prepped for launch. Like we're getting, yeah, we're getting really close. Lots to of marketing, lots of business stuff. deals, yeah. lots yeah. of stuff like that. Um, and so this is the this is the time where we have to really be careful of focusing on those things and the things that really matter. Um, you know, we're still going to be patching bugs and things like that, mm-hmm. but we have to be very careful about not getting uh, too caught in the weeds of all the different little pieces of feedback from all over the place yep. that happen. So uh, just got to keep our eye on the ball. I think we'll we'll be mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Still no specific launch date, but we'll uh, we're, we're, we're trying. We're, <laughs> we're, we're getting it figured out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, industry news before we get on to questions. Just a couple of quick things. One is Untitled Goose Game sold a million copies. Woo! They announced. Wild, I mean so. honk, 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 mm. baby, honk. <laughs> uh, and then otherwise, apparently Grand Theft Auto Six. Yeah, I saw a thing. Got announced. I don't know what you did announced, but I saw a thing. Okay. Yeah. So Adam, Adam confirmed. So yeah. even in case, in case it was one of those like jokes that somebody made, made it up, which is possible because I did, I did literally no follow up. I just saw headlines. <laughs> I saw a headline, something about Grand Theft Auto Six, and something Good about method. people being disappointed already. And I was like, this sounds like video games. People being disappointed <laughs> already. Like yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's video games. They were probably yeah. disappointed that it's. This, I mean, six is so low. It should have been, been seven. <laughs> it should have been the five S. Is what it should the five S. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five X R Series S. That's how we do it in tech now. Uh-huh. We just we just append random digits and letters to things. Crazy. When are we gonna release uh, Crashlands series D? <laughs> actually, the survival station of Crashlands. Yeah, it makes it's called the it's called the BSSSSS five. It's the Bureau of Shipping self sustaining survival station series S5. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. It's the BSSSSSS5. Five. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I think was around the time that the iPhone 5S came out or something. It was, yeah, whenever there was an S slapped on something for the first time, yeah. we were like, huh? Yeah, that we, means we nothing. On that. Well, it is, I mean, it is a real problem <laughs> like, with, like, with Xbox in particular. The fact that you have to go do like a research to I try to find. I can't tell what it is. You know, like find a graph somewhere yeah. to be like, okay, which. How what about the this? hell is the difference between these I got things? a wild idea. Xbox One, Xbox Two, Xbox Three. Right? I mean, that is how we used to do it. Like, I don't know why people decided no, Usually they would just well, change no. the name completely, which actually was that's easier. That's only how PlayStation does it. Everybody else does random shit. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because okay, so, I guess you had Xbox. It was 360 after Xbox? Yeah, it was Xbox. <laughs> Xbox 360, then Xbox One, yeah. then Xbox One S, Xbox One X. And now, because well, now we're going to stay with Xbox One, right? Or are they going to change it back to Xbox? It's just called Xbox now. They're changing back I to think. Xbox. Yeah. And then there's Project Scarlet, which is, I don't know, kind of Xbox. Yeah. Nintendo's just like kind of gave up and they just named them different things completely. I really honestly appreciate Nintendo's approach. Yeah. Because, Makes like, sense. 
It's just, and also because every, every unit, they, they didn't say like, this has better hardware. They just said, we did some weird shit with this. <laughs> so if you want well, no, this particular Nintendo weird actually shit. uses kind of descriptive functional names, mostly. They do, yeah. yeah. Except for the That's Wii true. U. <laughs> what did the Wii U stand for? Nobody knows. Nobody it was, because, well, the Wii also, I guess, didn't really have a functional name. But it was. No, it did though, because like when you're playing it, you're like, Wii! <laughs> you know? Nintendo Wii. But it was the Nintendo Entertainment System, which is like, okay, sure. Yeah, so it was 64 because it was 64-bit Yeah, I think, you're, I think your whole thing is falling apart here. And then the GameCube because it was a cube. It played uh, games. And it played games. And then the Xbox, <laughs> but then that's not a box. It's a more of a rectangly thing with a big X on mm-hmm. it. Well, that's because it's a box with an X it on it. It is a box. Yeah, so it's that's an true. Box, yeah. It's a box with an X. Mm-hmm. Yep. So questions are. Yeah, PlayStation is the only one that didn't fuck this up. Yes, but I. <laughs> there's they, time. What's the next one going to be called? Five. They already announced PlayStation okay. 5. So I didn't think there was anything I was happy about with PlayStation, but here's the one thing. So <laughs> thanks for that. Yep. Thanks I hope that. the next Xbox is called the Xbox Infinity, but they put XB and then an Infinity X. So it looks like it's Xbox. 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 Yeah. So anyone out there. If and then if for you're every new version, they can just add more O's in there. Yeah. If you're, if you're making a product <laughs> that varies over time, think about your name and strategy, please. Yeah, please. Actually, just, I love the Nintendo one because they because the thing is, but they have a totally different form factor every time. Yeah, so Nintendo, like, to, Nintendo. It feels it, it's just a whole new thing. It's, it's a whole new thing. thing. It feels it feels like it's you're not an a iteration. Yeah. It's not a sequel. Yeah, PlayStation is the one done it correctly in the iteration. But once, yeah. what happens when you cross like the eleven mark? I mean, you just call it eleven. I know, but I it's mean, so dumb. Like, what is it like? 22? The Call of Duty games. I feel like they've kind of entered that territory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they're not using now. numbers anymore. Now they're using. I think they started doing the same just thing. Call of Duty. Like all, the, all the sports games, they just put the fucking year on it. That's the way they do it. Yeah. yeah. But just importantly, the year binds the like the particular players who were in there and stuff. So it's a different, you know, that's there's true, more context yeah. available. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Marketing is so hard. Just guys. use semantic versioning, versioning everybody. There you go. You know, the the Xbox, the Xbox 3.1.28. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. This go, is the best. Go to <laughs> and use that rule set to diversion your stuff. Beautiful. Just leave it at that. Actually, that would be awesome. It would be awesome. You'd be like, okay, I have an Xbox 3, which yeah. is the current. Yeah, it's the third generation. Like, Should I upgrade to the Xbox 3.2? And they'd be like, well, it's better than the 3.1. Yeah, there's, so there've been but some, it's not as good as the 3.3. Yeah, but, so. but they're both backwards. It's backwards compable. So like if you got games threes. on your 3.0, yeah. then it's going to be fine. And they're like, Ooh, what about the Xbox 4 there? Like, well. Well, no, that's a whole other everything, thing. <laughs> everything is different Everything's now. different. None of your games are going to work. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. so you got to really think but about But if you, that. you know, if you upgrade to the Xbox 4.2, then that's, you know. Yeah. It's, you've got all the same game. Yeah, it's just better now. It's a little beefier. Yeah. Same. Some is the best. But it's still, it wouldn't work it. for Nintendo. They'd just be like, I don't know. It's <laughs> just a whole new thing. Uh, it would still work, though, because they were just like, if the if the GameCube was just called SNES 1 or 2 or 3 or whatever the hell it would be at that point. Just SNES 3.0. The, the reality of the form factor change is so intense in yeah, terms of like. That's true. It actually doesn't work to map the name, the same name onto a completely different looking yeah. object. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo has a thing where you like build a robot mech suit out of cardboard and strap the controllers into it. Yeah. They're just in a, they're in a, there's a, a different plane. Yeah, there's a, there's a spectrum yeah, of, I can, of gaming devices. Honestly, and then Nintendo's on a different axis. Yeah. I can appreciate Nintendo's level of what appears to be insanity from the outside. <laughs> is, it's stellar. It is brilliant. Well, because everybody else is just like, we need to make our hardware fast. Yes. And, and we have to be very it. serious about it. And very serious. All about of our it. commercials have to be very like. Nintendo's intense. like, look, we made a piano out of cardboard. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> look, I, <laughs> like, really? I mean, that's like, and, and look how many colors we have. Yeah. And then this ring thing. They're like, we made this ring. You, like, you fight with the ring. And then <laughs> I you do stuff in the this. The ring fit. You haven't seen the ring no, fit? No, I've not seen the ring fit. Literally, it's just the thing that's like, the it is funny how Sony and Microsoft are basically like the. The the two serious adults in the room. Well, yeah. they're they're really they're sort of in the, that idea of trying to not actually compete with each other. If you're starting a business, like you try to start a business that is doing its own thing, which Nintendo does Nintendo's just doing that. its own thing. Yeah, Sony and Microsoft very much are fighting each other because they have the same sort of approach, right? Yeah, they're yeah they're which does mean that Nintendo. Harder. Literally every other time, they completely miss them. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, it's hard so, to do that consistently. Yeah. But what are you going to do? All right. Well, anyways, that's all interesting. Let's get on to some questions. <laughs> These questions. <laughs> Is it coming up, man? <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. All right. <laughs> How many bags have you gone through? I've eaten. 
I was telling these guys, I've eaten so many cough drops, I'm starting to wonder about the calorie content. Mm-hmm. But cough drops don't have nutrition facts on them. Because <laughs> it's, oh, it's a medicine. They have yeah. drug facts, so they don't tell you. Like, I was going to say, you're looking a little plush around the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Cough, cough, drops. <laughs> <laughs> cough drops are uh, most of my diet right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.beastguys.net. Highest upvoted question comes from Beaky Bopper Boop. Have you met anybody in person that disliked Levelhead? What was that like? Mm. I met, sorry, I guess <laughs> as in because nobody knows about it, so I guess you, we would have showed it to them, and they would have been Gosh. like, or "Okay, I would say yeah." Mm. Like most of the people we show it to don't like it mm-hmm. because we show as it to random the- people who normally wouldn't opt into that kind of experience. Well, I mean, from Adam and I's experience, because we demoed it a bunch of times, basically packs. Mm-hmm. Everybody who opts in, because they walk by, right? They walk by your booth. If they yeah. see it, everybody who opt in will actually love the shit out of it. Yeah, but most people do not opt in. Yeah, the people who don't opt in, they're like, like no. Yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a very, that's fine. That's a very passive mm-hmm. kind of dislike, but in the same way that most people don't like most things. Yep. yep. You know, uh, and that's okay. Yeah, so it's, yeah, in person, it is what it is. That experience. I don't think we've, we've ever had some Steam reviews of people who didn't like it, but that wasn't an in-person thing. And they're also, those are always... Pretty Comical. idiosyncratic. Yeah. In yeah. some ways. But so, very forceful. The early ones, I mean, the, the truth is I think the, the most negative reaction we got to it was at launch because of the locked content. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. After we undid that, like, it's fine. But that was almost a, almost a neutral thing. The sense of people like, I love most things about this game except for this one part. But it wasn't like they didn't like the whole game yeah. as a result. But we did get a few of those. Like that was the that was the one thing that we got a, a few actual very angry notes from people about. Yeah, that's fair. That was just about that thing. Yeah. They're like, fuck you. I hope you die <laughs> because you locked the content behind yeah. other pieces. Because yeah. you're okay. making me do all these things before I can even start to build levels, which while not technically true, feels true. <laughs> so I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, the rest were all pretty random because it was stuff like I played some levels in the marketing department and they were too hard and I didn't like it. The other one was yeah we did um, we did get a yeah we, we got, got that negative review because of community made levels we're yeah. like shit we can't really sorry <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't really do anything about that <laughs> people are out of control have you yeah. seen them they're wild yeah yeah, yeah. Else. someone else was like a lot of the robots are gray oh yeah it's, it's actually two of the robots that. but they only played the first twenty minutes yeah but so. also not anymore because now we got scrubs and Oculus that's in why there. they're green and orange I threw them in early because I was like I had that person I gotta make sure they're happy that yeah. one. Rando. Also, there was somebody who was angry about the frame rate because they wanted to get, to go to 120 or 144. Yeah, they wanted to match 144 hertz. I guess monitor. the short answer, Beaky, is that someone's yeah, always of pissed off about. <laughs> You've heard of video games <laughs> yeah. and communities, right? Yeah, there's always there's, there's always. But yeah, have there's we met anybody that. in person? In person, it's largely just people who are not that interested. Yeah, which but usually they don't even show up. That's the thing. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get. Like most of the time, I, we haven't met anybody in person who is actively like, this is terrible. Yeah. Or, or somebody <laughs> who like opts into play, who sees it and is like, oh, let me try this. And mm. then they're like, I don't like it. No. That's that's actually never happened. So that's, you know, I think that's, that's good. pretty good. Yeah. But also, I think even if they did not like it, they probably wouldn't say so. No, it's <laughs> yeah, way harder because be, you're not on the internet. Oh, yeah. yeah. In person? Yeah. You want to you wanna be mean in person? Okay. No, nobody wants to do that's that. That's not happening. All right. Next question comes from <laughs> Gabe. How did you guys make friends as adults outside of college? Ooh. I'm going to say badly. Yeah, I mostly, <laughs> I mostly didn't. Was my, was my I, most, I mean, I mostly just keep to myself. I'm very introverted, so I mostly just keep to myself. Same. And after my normal work day, I've, I've got no juice left normally. Mm. And I need to kind of like do cave time. Yep. So I actually have, n- have not made any real effort to go find additional friends outside of the people I already know. I think that's the key point though, is it's, it's effort based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those things. I think if I wanted, the question was what effort did you take? Yeah. Yeah. If I wanted some, I think I could go get one or two. Right. Um, Go find one out there. Yeah. But I also think that uh, as an adult, friendship looks a lot different. It does. Just a, no sleepovers. I know, which sucks, frankly. But no. also, I guess we all we don't like, stay up it? anymore. But, <laughs> we but like, if, if we were an adult, yeah, if you're an adult, it would literally be a sleepover. Like they come over, it's like eleven thirty. All right, let's, like, go, oh, let's go to bed. Eleven thirty. <laughs> what are you, a teenager? <laughs> yeah, make it. You stayed up until midnight for New Year's. Yeah, yeah that almost killed me. Yeah, yeah I, I drank a Red Bull before you guys came over because I knew I wasn't going to make for it until midnight. Yeah, I had a headache the next yesterday morning. Yeah, Diane and I both were like, yep, and we slept in until eight. Yeah, so did I. Slept in until eight. 
phrasing like an adult. adult. Um, Slept until eight. That's <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so. My strategy has been to participate in a few different uh, either like group activities. So group activities are sort of the way to go to sort of, uh, you know, ferret out some people. And then once you find one or two people, you hang out with them and usually people invite you to a group event of their own. So if you go to coffee with someone and then you guys kind of hit it off, then at some point they'll be like, hey, I'm having this thing for New Year's or for my birthday party. Where do you want to come? And then you meet more people who are kind of like that person who you like. Now, no, this only works for social people because each one of these people you talked about has a group. That's true. Yeah. That they then like invite you to the group, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're an introvert, you don't have a group. You got like one, two people max. Yeah. I basically yeah, got my wife and my cat. Mm-hmm. And then my and then my work family. Well, yeah. this is this is one of the things I love about being part of an online gaming community. Is if on the weekend or something, if I'm like, you know, I feel like talking to people right now, just <laughs> just for the next twenty minutes. And I can get online. I go into the voice chat. I'm like, hey, guys. And they're like, oh, hey, do you want to go do this thing with us for 20 minutes? And I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> we do it. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm leaving now. Yeah, you go, but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. You get to do stuff. You chat with people. And then you're out. Yeah, I do much more socializing, I think, than yeah. Yes. The, two the most important thing is that you are you understand what your needs are and that you act appropriately to have them met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you if you are a very social person and you aren't making the effort, I think that's that's a problem. Yeah, because now you're lonely. Yeah, I think. But otherwise, mm-hmm. I think shared interest groups cause because because of meetups and stuff. Like, yeah. like if, if you're like starting from basically zero and trying to figure something out. Like, if I were today, like if I if I felt like I needed some friends in my life, which is like I'm just self contained so it's not a thing I'm seeking. Mm-hmm. But if I did, I would just go look for some meetups that I on topics I was into and go like maybe. If, Find some sci-fi people. Maybe mm-hmm. find some people who are into programming. And I don't know. And then just like go to an event mm-hmm. and then yeah, so be was, really awkward and uncomfortable, but like try to talk to some like well, you one have a person, rule, which you know? is like you just talk. You, your rule you is like talk. I talk to three people exactly. before I leave. That's yep. my rule. Yeah. I, I think so it's also – let me ask you this. Hmm. Do you feel like it's weirdly riskier to make friends as an adult? Not like in terms of danger, but just in terms of, of how many opportunities there are to just have such a clear mismatch. Because, like, when you're a kid, uh, you can't make very many bad decisions because you have almost no control over most things that are happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think kids make a lot of bad decisions. I mean, that's fair. But but in terms of, like, the stuff that you're going to be generally doing on a day-to-day basis is, like, school. You're doing all the same stuff. You're taking similar classes, you know. You're watching the same crap on TV. You're mm-hmm. playing the same video games and or whatever. By the same are you referring to as other people? As the other people okay. around you, yeah. But but when you're an adult now your your life experience deviates so yeah, much you get further down a branch is actually yeah. what's happening yeah. yeah that that the shared points of experience uh, become much harder to find and then also so many of them can create points of tension because yeah. maybe yeah. somebody has done something or they're going down a path that you don't want well, to well because the main in. the main kind of things that still that people engage with like on a large scale as adults is like sports very contentious. Mm-hmm. Politics, very contentious. But sport, you can participate in in a fun way. It's like you can do like rec, where everyone basically rec just means no one gives a shit. So you yeah. just show up and have fun, right? But now, so, but if now while playing, sports, but if you're a sports, talk about sports, if you're a sports mm-hmm. fan, yeah. and that's like a core part of your identity. Uh-huh. But now you can only hang out with people who like the same team that you like. That's true, but that's an instant or, point. Well, no, you right? just need to hang out with their sports fans because they like to talk shit to each other as like a, as that's a group, true, yeah. and that's also a thing. So basically, shared interest. And I think beat each other up. That's a th- right. That's, that's, that's soccer. Because okay. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> I'm not very familiar with sports. Or culture. boxing? I don't know. You figure out what your shared interests are, find the groups that are doing those things, go to those groups, talk to a few. You can't just go. You just talk to yeah, a few people. Talk to there. people. That's the hard um, part. Do it for a while. So show up because one, people seeing you repeatedly makes it easier to, for everybody to exchange chats. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece of it is don't forget to ask people for their digits or contact info. Yeah. And or, their, a, or their Discord or their yeah, email. Yeah, I think it's one of those weird things actually as an business adult. cards. Basically, yeah, basically, yeah, where it's like, hey, you know, if you want to get a cup of coffee sometime or something, um, wait a actually, minute, if here's my number. cards. If you like, yeah, a, if you not a business card, card, a personal card, yeah, that used, my, that used to be a thing, I know, because back in the geez? old day, like, yeah, people would arrive and they'd have like they would bring their card to be calling like card. their calling card, right? Like, mm. I don't actually know how those work, I assume. It's a card and they hand it to a butler or something, and the butler's like, you There's definitely a butler involved. Yeah, the butler. But you could just put <laughs> it under a silver, like a silver bowl mm-hmm. thing, and they unveil, unveil it, it to the uh-huh, host or uh-huh. something. Yeah. So we just need we need that again. You can also just tell people. No, it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, another another trick you can do if you're a bit uh if you're a bit more socially awkward or more kind of like shy, 
is to volunteer to be involved in the organization of the yes. group. Mm-hmm. Now because now there's something you have to do. There's something it's you have to do. Structural. And it, and it, yeah. Right? So you, you, you create a structure where like now you just have things to talk about with people because mm-hmm. you're doing stuff automatically. Yeah. So as opposed to just showing up and kind of being on the fringes yeah. of the thing. So yeah, I think for me, one of the biggest, <laughs> one of the biggest things about socialism, because I, I'm self-contained. So it's not a thing I'm like, I feel like I need in my life, which isn't to say I wouldn't enjoy it. The problem is that for, it seems like everybody around me is like, okay, so let's go to dinner, you know, at like mm-hmm. seven. And like we can all go to a bar towards, or they're just like, all right, we're gonna put our kids away in, like, uh-huh. in closets or whatever. Uh-huh. So we're gonna do that. <laughs> I understand that's how you do. I think kids. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once yeah, that's done, closet. Then, right, yeah. Now I can go out, and now it's like eight p.m. or whatever. It's so like, oh yeah, so eight p.m. We're gonna go meet up at this bar, and I'm like, I'm gonna go to bed in an hour. Yeah, I'm not interested in late nights. Yeah. or bars. So that's been the hardest. Part yeah, that of cuts it. out a lot of possible yeah. social interactions. But no, really that's people. not true. You're interested in bars if there's karaoke in them. That's true. But, or just or, the but only only once every so often because otherwise I stay yeah. up late. And honestly, yeah. if it was karaoke without the bar, they'd probably be even better. So yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. I'd yeah. still go 100. percent Well, I guess the thing too, like, and that's that is the, to me the one problem of things like meetups as a system because meetups tend to happen at least here anyway. They're like, but they start between six and seven. They mm-hmm. go for an hour or two, or whatever. And then after the meetup, though, is that's that's when you're going to go like say, oh hey, you want to go grab a beer or like whatever right? yeah. to try to like yeah. go socialize with somebody. Except now it's bedtime already because mm-hmm. everything happens so late. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, this is the main structural problem in the universe today. With yeah, well, adult that's true. Friendship. I mean, I think the because the important note is that the the thing that brought everybody together, you shouldn't count a hundred percent on that to give you the social bonds. So like no. when you you use that as the starting point yeah. to make it easier to talk to someone because now you just had a shared experience of being at a meetup or going to the zoo or who knows what. And then afterwards, you're like, oh, like, do you want to just go chat down the street at this bar mm-hmm. for another little bit? Um, and those usually are where the actual friendships are get made yep. for realsies. And what about like – I feel like you also have to kind of be – I don't want to say relentless, but definitely persistent. 100%. <laughs> it's like dating. Yeah. Well, it's in the sense dating. that like you just – if you want to make if you want to make a friend, there's a reason it's called making a friend. Yeah, you fashion it. You create yeah, one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you have to like keep inviting people to do stuff all but the time. It, yeah. But it doesn't say it's honestly, so what I do is every Saturday morning, I just sit down and for twenty five minutes ish, text people. That's it. Systems. Are you, are you just like, what do you say? Are you like, hey, are you are you inviting people to do stuff? He or just, just, just texts if I have sup. Yeah, if I have you sup, up? well no, if you I have up. it's ten AM. <laughs> You up? If I <laughs> if I have something going on, then yeah, I'll be like, hey, do you want to go get go to this thing or whatever? But most of the time, it's just it's basically something I learned about them from the last text chat, but that was like pending. It's like, oh yeah, I have this big meeting this week or something. It's a bit. Yeah. Oh, how'd your meeting? Go? You're doing advanced friendship. That's it. Yeah, mm. it sounds advanced. It's very easy. You well, just sit well, down and it, text you're, people. You're Here's plowing the thing about the advanced things. Mm-hmm. They're actually all pretty easy. They're pretty easy. It's all structural. Yeah, it's all structural. Mm-hmm. So sit down for. I guess that's it. That's the answer I have. Sit down for twenty minutes and text people. Isn't there? Honestly, a, that's been the biggest. Isn't difference. there a way you can get like the text messaging app on on the internet, like on the if browser? If you use Google Hangouts, and you can do that. There's yeah, because the thing about texting that gets me is the thumbs part. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. If I could just type my texts, I think I could. Yeah. I, could, I, I just said like for for me to maintain. So I, I maintain contact with with a bunch of our industry friends who like mm-hmm. I'm not close to because they don't like live in the area and we can't go hang out. Right. But every time we're at events at the same time, I can make sure I say hey, you know, like maybe we'll grab mm-hmm. a beer that kind of thing, um, and. Basically, I don't, I don't have a system, which I need to have, but it's like every three to six months, I'm like, like something happens where like, oh, we're getting ready for GDC. I'm like, oh, GDC. And then I go, then I just go sit down and I email everybody yep. who I want to like catch up with and talk to them. Like, hey, are you going to GDC? How are things going? And then we have like an email chain back and forth for like 10 emails, right. get caught back up. And then we talk again in six months, you know, right? And, and people never do that in my direction. Like literally none of those people ever email me first. Correct. Well, I think this is an important note, which but is But it's that- fine. Yeah, so yeah. you have to – Don't be weird about it. Yeah, Don't be weird about it. Yeah, you have to let it go. Like you're not going to get invited to things. I guess it's the easiest way to put it. Yeah. you just like it's not going to happen. You have to be the one to – to sort of start the conversation or start yeah. the invite, whatever else they usually don't come out of thin air. And again, don't be weird about it. Yeah, don't yeah, be weird about it. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. And if people, and the other thing too is like we've all we've got all these hangups about people saying no and people being busy, like oh, what whatever. does that mean? All this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And like the fact is, like if someone doesn't want to be want to hang out with you, then whatever they don't hang out with you, that's fine. fine. They um, can just keep saying no forever. Yeah, but for, <laughs> yeah. but for the most part, like it's just it's just fine. It's just fine. And people do always appreciate being invited. I yeah. sent a note to this one. So this one guy is a, a friend of – well, a friend of mine, but he's – I met him through my wife's friend and and he is her partner, right? So he's sort of loosely attached. And so um, for my birthday party, I wanted him to come. But I – and I just sent a, 
he was not on Facebook or anything. So I just sent a note to, uh, to his girlfriend through this. And my wife was like, you should actually text him directly. And just say like, I want, I would like you to come to my party specifically instead of instead just of having him an, an add on. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and so I did, and he like massively appreciated it. And I was People like, want oh, to be seen. It's a simple rule. Like yeah. if you want someone to come to your thing, invite them specifically. Not this is I, the, I guess you the bystander thing. Maybe. It's like, instead of yelling out to a crowd and being like, help yeah. me, I'm bleeding. You, point point you somebody. with the black shirt. They just it. want to be appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. I think this is, I think this is the thing is like, as an adult, you have to, you have to completely give up on the idea of symmetry mm-hmm. in, in these relationships. Right. If you Which want to, you, you got to do the work. Yeah. It doesn't mean you let somebody abuse you. It doesn't mean like if somebody doesn't yeah, want to, it doesn't yeah, mean any that, that stuff. Right. Yeah. But you still want to be getting something good out of it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. So yeah, it should still be a positive yeah. thing. Right. Um, but you got to give up because people just have so much shit going on as adults. Yeah. Like they got, many of them have kids, which mm-hmm. that basically, like if That's the already somebody enough. has a kid, you just basically like, okay, that person cannot handle it from their that. end coming <laughs> yeah. to me. Yeah. Right? It so is you now, are in charge now. Yeah. If yeah. you want to have a relationship with somebody as a kid and you don't, like you are in charge of that relationship mm-hmm. now. It's the only way. Um, and, uh, and for people who, yeah. So, so you just have to recognize that just people's lives are really complicated mm-hmm. and, they, and you have basically nothing shared you don't have everyday shared experiences like you have in college and and high school and yeah. this kind of stuff, right? So you got to make those. So you got to, yeah, you have to you make a friend. You just got to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Or don't, Maybe. like me. Yeah, or just, <laughs> just carry on, keep on, or keep just on. carry on, hang out with your cat, spend your programming, and whatever you like. And uh, what is it? What did you call it to get the hair off the cat? <laughs> Do you, or de-hairing? De- yeah. <laughs> I think I just said brushing her yeah, out. You said <laughs> brushing her out. Uh-huh. Brushing out to your cat. cat. <laughs> and programming. All right. Last question of the day comes from Butterscotch Atheist. What are some of the unexpected hoops of the business side of the games industry? Weird publication requirements? Unexpected fees? Souls sold to the business demons? Ooh. Unexpected hoops. I think for me, it was. We didn't expect any of it, honestly. No, I think the thing that's surprising is how just how long it tends to take. And I think we're in a very good position because of our setup from uh, Crashlands. But the fact that it could take you, and frankly, on average, probably takes you between four and six months to sign a deal with someone uh, is terrifying. Depending on, yeah, depending on the sort of uniqueness of the yes. deal, right? So if you're like, if you're just like onboarding onto an existing platform, there's like, mm. No you one's giving you favors. Play. You're not, yeah, yeah, you're not getting any money for it. Like if you're doing that kind of thing, it's mostly pretty fast, but on consoles, it's still slow. But that, that's all the automated process. I'm talking yeah. about like doing business. So yeah, that, yeah. to me, that's doing actual business. Yeah. Making the contacts, um, figuring out the contracts, problem, having all the meetings, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The fact that it can take, yeah, between four and six months and that the whole time there's like a 50, 50 chance that it's just going to evaporate, um, is pretty wild because when yeah. you think about just that from a cash flow perspective, uh, that's really crazy because you could have to, potentially get a loan for six months so that you could wait until the business deal closes. So you can, you know, all this stuff. So we luckily haven't had to do any of the sort of financing aspects of that on top of the business part. But I think just the general time like it takes. Nightmare. Yeah. The general yeah. time it takes is, uh, is, is really wild. Um, so I, I have a, I'm going to say something dumb here. Hmm. Uh, so whenever you read in the news about like Microsoft or Google or Apple or whatever, it's always like Microsoft did this today. Like Microsoft announced that mm-hmm. they're about to do that, or Google just did this. Mm-hmm. And it really creates a vision in your mind of these companies being a thing. Yeah. Like they're a they're and, an and actor. very intentional. Mm-hmm. They're a very, very organized. A, yeah. They're just a singular thing that's out there just doing stuff. Like Godzilla. Yeah. Uh but then once you actually start doing business with it, it's like it's like you're working with like a 50,000 armed octopus that's sometimes slapping itself in the face. <laughs> uh, there's so much going on and so much of it is not intentional. Probably mm-hmm. almost all of it is not mm-hmm. intentional. Yep. Uh, things fall through the cracks all Processes the time. Processes are very loose. Yeah. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the company is. Like once it reaches a certain size – uh, every, everybody's hair is on fire all the time. Everything's made up. Well, honestly, <laughs> this, this kind of goes back to the friendship point, which is that you are the one in charge of that relationship, actually. So even yeah. if it's in their their best interests to have you on board and have you around and yeah. get you on the platform. It's, yeah, because it, it's in the best interest of, like, Microsoft. Yeah. But not, it's not in the best interest Jerry of, or whoever yeah, is yeah. your point person. Yeah. And on top of that, like, the, the other realization there is that there's very few people usually involved with exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah, to me, I, I think that's, that's what I found phenomenal. more surprising. Yeah. yeah. It's like the number of people for – so for 
The number of people that we, yeah, we can't give any actual numbers, but the number of people for each of the platforms who are in charge of like, whether or not we get to have the game on there. And then Mm -hmm. once we get to what kind of a deal we're going to get, if we're going to get featured, that kind of stuff. It's not as many as you'd think. It is way (laughs) fewer than you would think. (laughs) And and so for me, a lot of it is like, is this even true for like, we we now have met a whole bunch of people at AWS. Mm -hmm. And so the people like running AWS as a, as a service, right. Which is this enormous, enormous, like it's the de facto cloud computing service, right? And and discovering just how few people are like making decisions that decide what's going to happen, and and are, and are actually like doing the work to make it happen. Um, it was, I, f- I found that more surprising than basically anything yeah, else, especially given for all those different companies how many employees there are. Because then, like we've talked to, so like you know, so in the case of like Apple, Apple has mm-hmm. who knows how many, but thousands and thousands, easily a hundred thousand employees, right? Because that's the scale that they're yeah. operating at. Um. But the fraction of those employees who are like managing, yeah. say, like games, games for the app store, right? Uh, compared to that total is like, it's, it's smaller than you zero. Think. Call yeah. it zero, <laughs> yeah. right? It's so tiny. Yeah. And so then what is everybody else doing? You yeah, know? I don't know. It's I, wild. Let's, uh, yeah. That has been unexpected. Yeah, because it's we not have, a hoop to jump through so much as just one of those shocking realizations that everywhere yeah. things are getting done, there's actually just a very small group of people doing that thing. But that is create hoops, which is that you have to now have a personal, like a real human human interaction with those few people to actually get that to work. And, and for some, some companies that have higher turnover or have systems where basically people move around in the company a lot, yeah. um, that creates an enormous hoop. And that's, that's one that we struggle with a lot for certain companies. Mm-hmm. We're like, we finally make, we finally find a person. We make contact. We have some good rapport and, they're gone. and then they're gone. <laughs> and, now, and now there's somebody else. And we're like, fuck, we start over yeah. again. And, maybe there, and then there's nobody for a while. Yeah. Maybe even like a whole team is gone. Yep. Like yep. We had to work with the that's whole team and then they're gone. Yeah. We've had all kinds of that kind of stuff. Or happen. a department disappears. Yeah. They're like we don't even know who to talk to. Or, or changes. Cause like, cause you know, cause some of these, these companies are restructuring all the time for all these different services that they provide. They're shooting out news. So like Apple Arcade just got created, right? Mm-hmm. Google Play Pass just got created. Google Stadia. Is Google out Stadia, out. Xbox Game Pass. Like mm-hmm. all these different things are, are now entirely new services on top of these services. They have their own teams now. And those are the things that just happened. There's also things that are currently in the works. There's things that are being scrapped. There's yep. things that are on the drawing board. Yep. Yeah. It's just all over the place. Yep. And so, so yeah, how much of the, of your work basically going into that side of things, not the, not the making of the game, but the making it successful. How much of that ends up feeling like you're just spinning your wheels and like mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like you just wasted so much time and, and it can be pretty frustrating. On the other hand, you have these things too where, where very, we had a very serendipitous moment where somebody from one company moved to a different company mm-hmm. that we didn't have access to previously, but because we knew that person. Now we did. Now we suddenly got access and then mm-hmm. and, it, and it allowed for a deal that otherwise probably wouldn't have happened. Yep. So I don't know. It's, I think it's playing that side of the game is like is basically a hundred percent hoops. It's just hoops. Yeah, you gotta get real good at the hoops. <laughs> Top to bottom. Well, yeah, get good at the hoops. Yeah, as far as it being hoops. unexpected, you know, coming coming into making games, we were very uh naive. Wide. You know, yes. we're just like on the merits of my game. <laughs> all you gotta do is make a good game yeah. and the players will see it and then they'll like it. Oh, sweet tell child, everyone, sweet summer child. They'll <laughs> tell everyone yeah. about it and then you're <laughs> good and then you just make more games and uh-huh. then everybody yep. tells everybody about all the great games. Um, but no, it's not. Nobody. It's not like that yeah, at all. So, because really, it's and you would think that that in an industry like this, there's always that saying like you know, it's it's who you know that mm-hmm. that matters the most, and unfortunately, that's true just as much in games as it is. People always anywhere. say unfortunately with that, but I think the reality is it is also very fortunate that it works that way in some. For some degrees, it's fortunate right? once you know people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, it, it for, it's fortunate once you know who to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then if you, can, and you have you the, if you've been working on the skills required to to, to interface, with have that social. Yeah. Well, and it, and that's not to say that it's only who you know, because of course, absolutely not. Once you meet the person who you've trying to who you've been trying to get in front of, you still need something that, that they want. They want, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So you still have to be really good at what you're doing, but. Uh, if you don't know the people who can then move it to the next level, then it it didn't matter. And this is really the argument for for publishers. Um, not not that publishers necessarily mm-hmm. do a good job of this, but not that you're making an argument for publishers. No, I'm not because yeah, I'm not making an argument for one. It's that if you are in a situation where you just don't believe that you have the bandwidth or the social sort of skill or whatever to like to do all of that, because it's a lot. Um, to make those connections, to make those connections, maintain them, figure out who's doing what, sit down with people over beers, like make a sales pitch. Like if, if that kind of stuff is things that you just can't do, I think that that is the place where you say, okay, now I need to find a publisher yeah. who can do all of that stuff for me. Cause like the fact is you can't sell your game without it. Yeah. And so a publisher is going to take a huge, huge, huge cut. And if you can do all that stuff yourself, then I would say, 
try to do because it's going to cost so much if the game is successful. It's going to cost a lot more if it's not, right? So, uh, but if you can't do that stuff, that's to me, that is like the main argument. Like I said, it's basically that or you literally have no money and need funding to do it. Like Mm -hmm. you'd only be able to do it through funding from a publisher. Um, Those are the two two sort of avenues for that. Yeah. So there's some hoops for you. Yep. Jump. It's been a ride. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of jumping. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Costa, for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bscotch.net. We have links to everything. Thank you all for listening. See you next week. Bye. Bye.